Welcome to Harvest Talk, the podcast of Harvest Community Church at Goshen, Indiana. Harvest is a community church with a vision to change the world, and we do that by reaching people and building their lives. For more information on Harvest Community Church, please check out our website, hccgoshen.org. And as always, I'm Pastor Jeremy, and it's an honor to spend a little bit of time with you today. And I hope you guys are all enjoying uh, this week. If you're in the northern Indiana area, then you know it's kind of schizophrenia when it comes to uh, our weather right now. So while I'm filming this, it's a beautiful day, but by the time you're listening to it, it might be below freezing with snow on the ground again. And that's just kind of how those things go. And so, um, yeah, so today we're going to be wrapping up our series called Salt and Light, looking at, um, I believe I've got six pictures of what it looks like to be salt and light, particularly when wanting to introduce and build relationships that could lead us to help other people see Jesus uh, for who he really is. And so um, that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, Again, this uh, was inspired by a message that I heard by Dr. John Maxwell at a conference I was at in Keller, Texas at the beginning of the year called Prepare. Uh, If you want to actually just listen to the message straight out, you can just search uh, Milestone Church uh, Keller, Texas, prepare 2022, and uh, that will pop up um, in, in the Google search engine, and you see John Maxwell's message there, and uh, you could listen to it in its entirety. And so the, these thoughts are not original to me. They're inspired by me, uh, but I just want to take them and kind of share with you what I have learned uh, through them. And so today I'm going to be wrapping up uh, this uh, this part of the, the Salt and Light series, just to give you an idea where we're going to be going in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, with the events going on right now with uh, Russia and Ukraine and the realities of war, uh, particularly the realities of war really um, facing the Western world in a way it hasn't faced it in a very long time, I thought I would just take a few weeks, uh, a few podcasts to talk a little bit about Christianity and warfare, um, you know, particularly uh, being in uh, Elkhart County, which is a heavily um, Amish Mennonite uh, community where pacifism is the doctrine of the day. Uh, there's a lot to think through and discuss. Um, I grew up not too far from a couple of military bases. Both my grandfathers uh, were in World War II. Uh, and so there's a lot to consider with this question of war and what, sh- what should we think through and what does it look like. And so I just want to take a little bit of time uh, to maybe three podcasts uh, to look at the issue of war in the Bible, look at the what's something called the just war doctrine, uh, which is a, a, a way of looking at things um, from a particular uh, Christian perspective, and then uh, just discuss what those things are. And yeah, I'll probably draw some uh, parallels to the current conflict, um, and who knows, by the grace of God, maybe the conflict will be over by the time. Um, I get into all this, but I just thought I'd take the opportunity while a lot of us are thinking about it to just kind of address the issue of warfare and, and following Jesus. And so that's kind of where we're going to be going over the next uh, couple of podcasts. But for today, let's wrap up our salt and light uh, idea. And again, this is just something coming out of Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 13 through 16, where Jesus tells his followers or people that are interested in following him, that our calling is to be salt, the salt of the earth, in the light of the world. And so as the salt, we have a, we're supposed to have a flavorful nature to our lives. We're going we're, we're gonna to represent something that tastes good, but also represent something that is a preservative. And part of following Jesus 
is to be flavorful to those around her, uh, to the culture around us, but also to preserve the culture around us. Keep the culture from jumping into the worst possible scenarios because we're preservative. And then as a light, we're supposed to be those that demonstrate light into darkness. So the areas of people's lights, uh, lives that are particularly dark, we're there to shine light into it and offer a way out. And so, again, what Maxwell was talking about is if we're supposed to be these things, how is it that we build bridges or how is it that we create opportunities to uh, be that in other people's lives, particularly in a day and age where there's so much animosity and, and, and debate and hatred in our world. And so he walked, to, he walked through six pictures. And so we started these over the last few podcasts. The first one is a picture of a waterfall. Whereas a waterfall is refreshing, it's inspiring, it's powerful, it's, it's, it's fresh. Uh, and yet when you compare the idea of a waterfall versus a drain, the reality is, is in both circumstances, you've got gravity forcing water to a certain direction. And yet with a waterfall, there's something uh, invigorating about it, whereas a drain is typically something we associated with nastiness. And so one thing Dr. Maxwell said is, listen, when you are in other people's lives, are you a refreshing waterfall to their life or are you a drain on their life? And part of, part of being salt and light is to look for ways to bring refreshment to the lives of those around us. The second thing he talked about is the image of joining hands. The fact that one of the things that we can do is to create common ground uh, with those that, 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 that need Jesus. And, and so instead of being the type of people that are constantly looking for ways to reject others, we're looking for ways to grasp and hold and shake hands uh, with other people. And, and so that he talks about that, the fact that God loved us, and so we need to demonstrate how we can love others. The third thing we talked about last week was the idea of being a ladder, and that the reality of the ladder wasn't that you were extending a ladder down to people to help them get out of a situation, but instead when people recognize the situation they're in, we are the ones holding the ladder, supporting the ladder, so that they can help walk themselves out of it. And we, he talk, we, we talked through three things, that, that how you see people matters. So if you see people as hurting, you're going to be motivated to help them, which is okay. Uh, but if, when you see them as broken, then you're going to be motivated to fix them. We can be fine, but it could also mean you're turning people into a project. Whereas if you value people, you're going to serve them. And so the key of a person stuck in a pit with a ladder is not that you are extending the ladder down to fix them or, or, or solve their problems. Rather, we are going to serve them by holding the support system by which they can figure out what they need to do to come towards a greater light and understanding Jesus. And so our, 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 uh, our goal is to be like Jesus and loving and understanding uh, people and valuing people, no matter the circumstances, no matter the troubles, no matter the belief system, so that we can help them find the true salt and light in who he is. So I want to hit the last uh, three today. They're going to be a little bit shorter, uh, it, mostly because that's kind of how they, I really resonated with the first three very strongly. I resonate with these, but not as uh, detailed. It didn't, there weren't as many um, App, um, there wasn't as much to think through and, and process through with these three. But the, the, the fourth picture he gave us was that of a heart. And, and it's because out of the heart is what we associate values coming from. And so the, it is, in other words, it's looking to make a heart connection. One thing he mentions is that values 
should be placed above the law. That in reality, and, and he didn't quite go into this, but the, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that when you look at uh, even the law of the Old Testament, fundamentally what the Old Testament law was, was an expression of the values of God. And so there are certain things in the law on how you treat people and how you uh, how you execute judgment, how you, you handle certain situations, and they are expressions of the value. That's why Jesus says all of the law is summed up in this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The core value of who God is is, listen, since God is the greatest being in existence, He is worthy of worship. So value number one is to worship Him. Value number two is because He created us to be loved. Value number two is that we love our neighbors. And the law exudes out of the value systems of God. However, the moment you you focus on the law without understanding the heart, the law becomes harsh and wicked and in a tool of judgment. And so that's basically what we see when we get to the New Testament. Jesus' day is, is Jesus is constantly berating the Pharisees. Why? Because they're whitewashed tombs is what he said. In other words, they look good on the outside. They've, they're, they're keeping the law on the outside, but they've missed the heart of the law. They missed the values of God. And so in some places, they've actually used the law to do things that are against the law. There's the, there's the famous uh, one where Jesus rebukes them for, uh, for, for when, a, when a person would have an inheritance, he would dedicate it to the Lord. And then there's a law that stipulated that if you made a faulty inheritance and dedicated to the Lord, uh, there's basically certain land rights that would allow you to take possession of the money. And then you could go back on your oath and say, I was and, and it basically would get them out of certain taxations and certain uh, deals. And so what, what you could very well do is use the letter of the law to get out of your responsibility to do things like take care of your family or take care of your, your, uh, your parents and those kinds of things. And so they miss the heart, honor your father and mother, and, and because they could use the law to get around it. And what we're seeing now in so many places in, uh, in, in our society, particularly and it's bled into the church, where we start to define people by a certain law of, a, of an identity or a way of looking at things and that kind of stuff. And then what ends up happening after that is we end up looking at others and going, you can't be a part of this because you don't fit into the law system we have here. And, and, and that, that fits into the church, that if you don't believe a certain way, uh, politically, if you don't have, you don't believe certain ways legislatively. If you don't believe certain ways in in certain aspects of things, we sit there and we go, we don't. You are over there. You can't be a part of us because you don't fit the laws that we have. Whereas, really, what the heart of God is is love your neighbor as yourself. And so, there's a value of other people that should come out of our heart. And because we have a heart value, we're going to look for ways to love on them, connect with them, understand them in order to see the value of the heart of God. And so we put values over the law. doesn't mean we excuse sin. That's, that's a different issue. But, but even, even Jesus would allow, would tolerate a great deal of sin in his presence 
in order to demonstrate value of other people. He would tolerate people that were probably drinking too much. He would tolerate people who had immoral lifestyles. He would tolerate people who uh, had different political views. He'd tolerate people that uh, love things more than God. He would tolerate all those things. He had a great deal of tolerance for the presence of wicked things around him in order that he would value them and demonstrate how you come to loving him in a, in a true form of righteousness and holiness. And so one of the ways that we are salt and light is to respond to people out of a heart and a, and a value for them and a shared values for others. The second one, or the fifth one, is uh, the idea of a table. And, and Maxwell is really big on this because life transformation happens when we're in conversation with other people, when we're in community with other people. Uh, we like to say it around here that life change happens in circles, not rows. That that it's okay to go to an event with somebody, or it's okay to, uh, you know, to 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 attend a service. But really, where you're going to see life change is when you're sitting down with somebody face to face, having a two way conversation. When you're listening, thinking, experiencing, uh, reflecting, um, that's where true life change happens. The key questions the life change Maxwell said was this, is that do you really care for me? Do you really want to help me? And then can I trust you? And those questions are best answered around a table where good conversation is happening. And so one of the things that we should always be about the business of doing is finding ways to create tables with people around us, to create community with people around us, especially those who don't know Jesus, so that we can understand them, we can care for them, we can help them, and we can create trust that we're gonna that they're gonna experience love and acceptance from us in spite of places where we differ. You know, honestly, one of those that's one of the reasons why uh, here at Harvest we have uh, something called Downtown Ministries. If those of you are part of the congregation, you you know this. Those of you who um, might not be, uh, might not know about it. But basically what we have, and this was actually, it was all started by the, the preceding pastor. Um, we, they set up a non, we, we, we set up a nonprofit before I got here. And it's called Downtown Ministries. And for a while, it, we, there wasn't much going on with it. It, was, it, it had a, an important role, but it wasn't very public. And uh, about in 2017, um, Pastor Jim, the associate pastor here and I, we took some time during a season of prayer and fasting here at the church to just start asking God, what can we do? And one of the things we both had a deep impression about is in any community, you've got people who are going to walk through the front door of a church um, even in times of crisis or not that need Jesus, but they're okay walking through the front door of church. And then you've got people, a segment of your community. I mean, I think we already talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of, of 52% of the people won't walk through the front door of a church when they're in, in need. And so how do you meet the needs of the community? If you value your community, how do you meet the needs? And one of the things we said was, you know what? Uh, people might respond better to a nonprofit than a church. And so we had this nonprofit and we had some ideas. And so what did we do? Well, the next thing we did is, is Pastor Jim and I for about two years, really, set up a series of 
table conversations and we met with people like the mayor we met with people like the sheriff we met with uh, people that are part of the local homeless coalition we met with other ministries that were doing different things to create um, an understanding and a trust and hear about the needs and try to figure out what can we do and, and honestly in our context we wanted to try to find something that we could do that other churches in our areas weren't doing and, and we wanted to build things like trust with the community and understanding of caring for the community. Uh, and, and we wanted to do that. And so now, you know, we, we, we have a fully operating uh, nonprofit. Uh, we've got a, a series of programs that are there that can help people. And the great thing about it is we're seeing these people that will, will not walk through the front door of a church for a while. They may never come to harvest, but they are experiencing life change because of the light and the uh, salt that our people are to minister to them in these formats. And then it's also turning into a place where other communities of faith and other churches are able to come together and do the same types of things. And so it all starts with a table. And part of that process, in the process, is actually not only the table with the community, but the table with the individual clients that we're working with so that we hear their stories and help them out and, and get to care for them. That type of life change starts by being willing to sit down. You know, honestly, the mayor of our city is of a different uh, party than I am uh, traditionally. And, and it, it's setting those things aside and sitting down and going, listen, how can we serve the city. A lot of the people that are in some of the organizations that we've talked with and, and gotten information from have different viewpoints. Uh, but what we're here about, what we're here to do is we're here to be a salt and light in our community. And so we sit down at the table to figure out how does that happen? And why do we do that? Well, the last image that John brought up was the idea of a bridge. In other words, a bridge opens up the door of possibilities. It's a desired location. It takes you to a place that you want to cross. You know, right now, uh, in uh, in the conflict in the Ukraine with Russia, part of the reason that Russia's bogging down in some of the attacks in certain parts of the country is because of the geog geography. They can blow up bridges, and, and, and the Ukrainians can do things to slow them down. You've got obstacles you have to pass, and what a bridge does is get you past the obstacles. And so what we want to be in our lives as salt and light to other people is the bridge to help them get beyond certain obstacles in their thinking. You know, one of the obstacles in a, in a person's thought life might be that they're going to be judged. And so creating an environment where they feel valued, even when they're valued and, and you know that decisions they're making is going to lead to a very painful path, but they still feel valued and accepted apart from the decisions they're making. Uh, sometimes uh, the obstacles in a person's life is that they've done certain things that they feel like can't be forgiven. And there's some of us out there that have been in that same boat and have experienced incredible forgiveness from Jesus. And so we can tell our stories about how that forgiveness changes our lives. Sometimes the obstacle is this belief that you have to think and, and act a certain way and have all this together before you come to Jesus. And we can talk about how Jesus, you start by knowing Jesus and then Jesus transforms us into who we are. And, and, and so when you remove as a bridge, what you're doing as part of your life in your story is you're 
closing the gap between where a person is and why they will not see, seek Jesus, go after Jesus, do that kind of thing. And so that's, that's the beauty of, of being salt and light is we're, is we're there because we see the possibilities of what God wants to do in someone's life. And we can be the person to help open that door. And so that's something that I'm just asking God to increasingly do uh, in, in our life is, is, to, uh, is, to, is to find ways that I can be salt and light, not only in my community, but with people I con- come, uh, come in contact with. How can the people of Harvest be salt and light to the people around them? And I fully believe that if we step back and we remember these images, that if we determine that we're going to love God, that we accept our purpose of being salt and light to those around us, and so therefore we're going to seek ways to be a refreshment, a waterfall in people's lives instead of a drain. We're going to look for ways to join hands with people that maybe we wouldn't necessarily agree with, or maybe we wouldn't even seek out to be friends, but we're going to join hands and find uh, common ground and find a way to love them. If we're going to be willing to value them and serve them, and so we can hold the ladders of their lives where they need help and assistance and, and, and that kind of thing. And we're going to serve them and not talk down to them or look at them as a project. Or we're going to value them and we're going to prize the values over certain rules and regulations that we think are important. If we're going to create a table where they can sit down uh, with us and we can talk and hear their stories and understand who they are. And then last of all, we can offer to be a bridge to show them the possibilities that they can overcome and see in following who Jesus is. And so that is kind of my hope and prayer for us as we go continue throughout the year of 2022. So listen, I hope uh, you've enjoyed uh, this three-part series on Salt and Light, and I hope that you will check out his message at the Prepare Conference, uh, John Maxwell's message. And then uh, we'll come back at our next podcast and start looking at the issues of warfare and following Jesus. So let me pray for us, and then we'll wrap it up for today. So dear Jesus, we just thank you once again that we are called to be salt and light. And Lord, I just pray that everyone hearing my voice would accept the challenge and accept the calling to be salt and light in the, in the lives of others. Lord, that we would refresh them, that we would join their hands, Lord, that we would serve them. Lord, we would value them. Lord, we would, we would fellowship and hear them out. And Lord, we would be a bridge between them and you so that they can come and know you at a greater level. So we ask that you would do that in our lives and give us opportunities to be salt and light to others around us. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Well, hey, listen, thank you again for listening to Harvest Talk. And as always, until next time, keep reaching people and building their lives. Take care.